You were listening before we took a break to uh, Gabe Fahuri, who is the uh, founder and president of Potter and Potter Auctions, which I wrote about uh, this Sunday. Uh, Potter and Potter is new to me. They are selling the not all of Ricky Jay's material, but over this is the first coming up on February twenty fifth. Is the first of three auctions that you're doing up there. Absolutely right. Yeah. One of the reasons I so enjoyed talking to you on the phone when I did the interview that is in this piece is that your life is a manifestation of passions born when you were a young boy growing up outside Detroit. Absolutely correct. Uh, And nurtured by seeing Ricky Jay's show and reading his books and his colleagues and his peers and all of those things. You know, it it was... being a kid and being enveloped in that world, my line, my stock go-to line is, I was training for the job I never knew I would have. <laughs> Your dad, who was a lawyer, would bring home books for you to read. What? Well, what? No, no son of mine's going to be an entertainer, <laughs> right? So so bringing home uh scarney on card tricks you know a 1940s edition was your of father a, was your father a magic fan no interest in that at all he was just a, a collector uh and as an attorney had a client who still operates maybe the biggest used bookstore in the country john king in detroit uh the one building has half a million books the next building has maybe another half million good lord so on and so forth so what did your father collect Stamps initially, yeah, uh, stamps, and had a stamp auction business as a sideline to his uh, his law practice. You know, so he got to kind of so collect and deal at the same time. <laughs> and you knew what he was doing at at a certain well, age. You were aware of you. Can, it's it's like a gateway drug. You know, you get an old book that teaches you how to do card tricks. Well, maybe there's some other old books that I can't get at the bookstore or at the library that might have other card tricks I want to learn. And then, you know, one one thing leads to another. Well, what it led to was you and your father driving to various magic conventions and confabs and uh, maybe not auctions where you got to meet some of the people who didn't just collect and buy these things, but who practiced magic. Primarily, that was my interest, you know, when I started out. Yeah, so you you go to a magic convention to watch a show or to sit and listen to someone explain how to perform a trick or talk about theory or, um, you know, mingle with other other like-minded, hopeless souls. (laughs) And... uh, You know, and then you want to do it all over again if, if, you know, everything goes well. Uh, Turns out that there are conventions like that for people who are interested in the history of magic and collecting all the artifacts and all the relics and telling all the stories about what came before all of this. And not to get off topic, but that must have been an interesting kind of bonding experience with your dad, was it not? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think he was less interested, however, in... Uh, we came to Chicago once. There was a convention at the old Congress Hotel. Sure. You know, still there. I think the strike's finally yeah, over. I think, think, uh, they, think they stopped um, picketing, yeah. Yeah. But that was a convention where people were there to watch people perform and learn how to do magic. That was not his interest. But when we came back out to an event here in Chicago for collecting and history, well, that was a much easier thing for him to fold himself into. And I was just a 15-year-old kid. Everybody else there was 55. Yeah. What, what the hell are you doing here? You know? <laughs> you were a novelty act. A novelty act. That's right. The 
at, at that point, it was around 15 when you saw Ricky Jay perform his now legendary show at Steppenwolf. Absolutely. Uh, I saw that show, I, I think, a number of times. It truly was. Can you, I mean, in the business, it was amazing. And can you expand in, with your expertise on the word amazing for the listeners? Well, I'd say, first of all, it was unlike any other show I or or many other people had seen, right? Uh, you know, you can go see... <coughs> For me, it was in the Fox Theater in Detroit where you'd see a, a giant touring illusion show sure. like David Copperfield mm-hmm. uh, would bring to town every every year. And, you know, the production value on a show like that is over the top. Oh, of course. Right? Of course. And it's incredible. It's an amazing show. And then you go to the Steppenwolf. And by the way, since no one under 18 was allowed and I was 15, as advertised, uh, I wore a suit. Going. A suit. I wore a tie. That, that do it, and you smoked cigarettes. And I was drinking coffee, which I hated. Um, and you walked into this theater, and the production value was not over the top, but the production value was amazing. I felt like I was in that book. Yeah. And then yeah. here comes this guy who can apparently do anything with a deck of cards and who can tell stories that... I feel like I've only heard the tip of the iceberg on, so where do I get more of that? Yeah, I'll bet. And it's funny, and it's reveal. I mean, you know, there are all the things we- I saw on TV, and I looked forward to every every week, every- whenever sure. it was broadcast, and then I saw something that I had never seen before. And I can assume that for anyone else, not just somebody who'd memorized Learned Pigs and Fireproof Women, but for right. anyone else who saw that show, they thought, boy, this is a revelation. You know, I didn't know it could be so scholarly and so entertaining and so amazing. How many people do you think, do you think, uh, gave for hurry, went home after that show, stopped at Walgreens, bought a deck of cards, stopped at a grocery store, bought a watermelon, and then tried, <laughs> and tried to go near the end, if I remember correctly, near the end of the act, Ricky Jay did his amazing trick with the ability to use cards as weapons mm-hmm. and through them and into a watermelon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in, in, in eventually turning it on its side and throwing it into the rind of the watermelon. Did you try that? Uh, no, I tried throwing them over my house. <laughs> uh, I think I succeeded once. The inspiration of Ricky Jay. We've got to take a short break. We'll be back. Gabe will be here for this entire hour. We'll tell you what sort of things will be available at the upcoming auction on February 25th. You can bid online, in person, or by telephone. By phone, yeah. Phone, that's so so old-fashioned of you. We'll be back. Welcome back. We are talking magic. We are talking Ricky Jay. We are talking Potter and Potter, Potter auctions with the man who founded Potter and Potter and runs it, Gabe Fahuri. How long have you been in Chicago? We talked about you seeing Ricky Jay here, but you went to college, you went to the University of Michigan, where you did start selling things, yes? Just, yeah, to help pay my way through college. Yeah. Uh, selling selling things on eBay, and I mean, it sounds like a, um, well, it sounds like a good job for a college kid. Yeah, uh, it's a great I, job. I, I, I was selling what kind of things? Was it magic? Collectible magic items. Really? You know, I was already under the spell. Under the spell, ha, ha, ha. And, uh, um,. <clears throat> And it was in the, you know, kind of wild, woolly early days of the internet. internet. And 
it was a great way to make not just beer money, but help, you know, pay pay a little bit of my way through school. Was there also a certain satisfaction for you? One of the things, and I said, I, I, I think I said it before we went on the air, is one of the things that intrigues me about you is you, your life's passion has become your business, but it is indeed a business. Did you sense while you were doing this uh, eBay uh interlude that wow maybe there's something i could do because you started out in journalism i had no expectation that i would be something i could do yeah. hey everybody likes to make a little extra dough sure. and you, know, you weren't selling marijuana you were selling stuff on ebay no no, no many marijuana. many people i know got through college selling marijuana i think they all live next door to me in college <laughs> um <laughs> no no expectation you know it goes back to the line i used earlier about training for the job i never knew I would have, um, but uh, no, I thought I'd be a writer. I worked at the Michigan Daily and later uh, got a job, summer job at Cranes, working right. for Automotive News and a couple of other things. Did you other major pits. in journalism or what? They don't have a journalism program at Michigan, so... They don't? Wow. But maybe they do now. Yeah. They didn't then. Yeah. Uh, so I had one summer job in Las Vegas at a magazine, Magic Magazine, as a matter of fact, uh, writing stories, then job at Cranes, and then freelancing and you know working on projects. Um, but no expectation that I'd be selling antiques of any type. Uh, it was just something that I really... Do you have an expectation of becoming a newspaper man, a feature writer for a magazine? Magazine or a newspaper, something along those lines, yeah. Interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Well, that that uh, gives a sense that you are a curious person. You also, while you were living in Chicago, got to know the legendary, and I don't throw that word around often, uh, Jay Marshall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and he would have been one of the first pre- people I would have met earlier on, at, you know, from afar, but sure. you know, uh, at some of those conventions we were talking about. And then when I moved to town in two thousand one, uh, right before, uh, right in about August of two thousand one, uh, I didn't live far from uh, his magic shop at Lincoln and Carmen, and I knew Jay. I thought I'd go over and you know say hello and reintroduce myself exactly i'm not 12 anymore i'm right 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 uh you had one of the the moments if you have these life-changing moments was when you decided not knowing what many other people did that jay marshall did not often open up his upstairs to the casual or even uh friendly uh person you went upstairs at his place, and that, that I think, I'm no psychologist, but that, that really did fuel, I think, part of your future. Well, un- again, uh, totally unexpectedly. Yeah. Totally unexpectedly. You know, a lot of naivete in a, in a 22-year-old's question, hey, can I go look around? And, you know, I'm sure somebody listening has seen the TV uh. show Hoarders, but it was... That spread over the course of three buildings and fueled by somebody who did have disposable income Mm -hmm. and a wide range of interests. So Jay bought everything he wanted for 80 years Mm. and threw it over his shoulder into many, many, many piles. And I mean, when he passed away, there was one room. It was all broken bicycles. There was another room. It was all... uh, magazines and you know we found enough pornography to fill an entire room but 
So he also of, had, but instead of sort of opening your own adult bookstore, you decided well, you decided to go a different way. But did you, when, in seeing all that, and I've often you know seen that show Hoarders and often known a couple Hoarders, did you? Think to yourself, well, this is a man who was just obsessed with buying stuff. Well, there's a certain Depression-era mentality, right? He's born in mm-hmm. 1919. Mm-hmm. So you figure they went without in his family for some time. Maybe there's some psychological reason for not ever wanting to have a uh, an empty surface in, in a room. Sure. It's got to be covered in books. Sure. Maybe there's... Um, some wish fulfillment, you know, who, who knows? Mm-hmm. But I think Jay was genuinely curious about so many subjects. He had 250,000 books, as best we could tell, and they were on magic, certainly. That's probably the, you know, number one subject, but circus and tattooing and Boy Scouts. And he had one book. I remember we went to a book show. He bought a book called, I think it was called Resting Places or something. It was all about. The epitaphs on the tombstones of celebrities and other famous people. Interesting. You you and he did a bit of traveling, did you not, to various shows that he was going to, and you right. He asked you to accompany him just for well, company. I and I was the I could be the driver yeah. after he he ended up having uh, he got a glass eye, and so he couldn't drive anymore. We'd be going to a convention, or occasionally we even went to an auction. Mm. Um, and um, you liked him. Yeah, I mean, I told him. I remember saying to him once, you're the most fascinating person I know. He'd been on Ed Sullivan 14 times. He sure. played the Palace, the Palladium, and everywhere in between. And he kind of laughed at that. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he, he he still ranks right up there. What was it about him uh, that appealed to you other than the fact that he was an interesting guy and had been on Ed Sullivan 17 times? Well, it, I mean, his his passion for what he did, was he able to distill that and, in a sense, instill it in you? Did well, you- there's a little there, – some things about Jay I admired as a role model, some things I did not. But there were a lot of things that, you know, he was this, this unofficial repository of all this arcane information yeah. – yeah. And inevitably, the phone would ring. Do you know who invented this? Do you know where this is in print? Do you, you know, and he had either lived it, mm-hmm. studied it, mm. or knew who to ask to get the answer that was required. Mm. That, to me, was astonishing. Yeah. And I certainly wanted to be around that and occasionally hear a great story about, you know, working with Walter Cronkite on TV in 1950. Wow. Or well, it does seem like it would be a narcotic. I mean, it could really, really hook a person. Well, the more you know, the more you realize the less you know, and there's so much more to and study. The more you and want to know too. exactly. Yeah. Now, what, I never studied uh, this subject, and so I want to go down that rabbit hole. Well, when he died, you, I suppose were charged somehow with trying to inventory this vast collection of I stuff. was a deputy. A friend of mine was named as the, uh, not the executor, but as uh, was was the charged individual. Mm-hmm. And, and that friend of mine, David Meyer, who lives over in Wrigleyville, he said, uh, oh boy, I, I can't do this by myself. Yeah. I mean, this is chaos spread over 50,000 square feet. So he said, hey, look, you've been going there every weekend you can. You know this better than anyone. Help me. Help me. 
Right. And so for six months, the, I, I actually took a leave of absence from my job. And for six months, we were going through. We had to excavate all the, you know, separate all the trash from the sure, treasure. Sure. A lot of things had to get donated to a museum per Jay's will, mm. uh, trust. And, um, and then when it was all over, we said to the attorney who was in charge, hey, you know, there's a lot of great stuff here. We could have an auction. And that. And that's kind of like pushing the snowball over the top of the, the mountain. And right? that, too, ladies and gentlemen, became the foundation of what is now called Potter and Potter Auctions, which is uh, auctioning uh, Ricky Jay's, uh, the first of three auctions that will be held there on West Belmont, uh, starting on February 25th. The next one is maybe October, and the next one will be sometime after that, we will, after a commercial break in the news, uh, detail how exciting that has been for uh, for my friend Gabe Fahuri and his dad, I suppose, who helped him start this thing. So stay tuned. We'll be back and talking more magic. I also want to, if we have enough time, you're here all the way till uh, 6 o'clock. What it is about magic, I have ever, and I don't know what it is about magic, and maybe you can tell me, and maybe you can't, and maybe nobody knows, because it's magic. We'll be back. Stay tuned. Gabe for her has had kind of an accidental life, is the way I want to talk about it. It's uh, now, uh, he runs Potter and Potter Auctions. It started when he was uh, with the the stuff of uh, legendary Chicago magician and collector Jay Marshall. You decided then, when we were talking to your dad, and said, you know, maybe we should start an auction house because I can't imagine you said, Dad, because I sold a few things in college on eBay. That's my qualification. <laughs> no, and, and, to, and to tell the very short version of the story, we had a sale. Actually, my father was not involved. My uh-huh. friend David was. Yeah. We did it on behalf of the estate the Marshall estate uh, made them a pile of money. And then this museum, we had donated a large portion of Jay's collection to returned it. It's let's leave it at that. Oh, sure. That's fine. But, um, and then it was, well, Hey, that first sale was very successful. Ding, 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 ding. Mm. And you know, it doesn't take very long for, for you to figure out that, okay, well, that was... And then we did number two, which was our first as Potter and Potter. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know, how are we going to keep the momentum going, right? Yeah, And sure. then from there, okay, well, we've sold books on card tricks, and we've sold wonderful Houdini posters and things. Now, you know, there's a whole big world of antiques and collectibles out there. What about Ernest Hemingway? What about rare slot machines? What about vintage travel posters? You know... And so, you know, here we are today selling Alice in Wonderland first editions and all kinds of marvelous things. You are generally regarded, though, internationally, too, as the sort of expert house on all things magic or am I? Yes, yes. You are? Yes. Yeah. And people now certainly come to you. You must get phone calls every day. Hey, my dad was a magician. He had about eight decks of cards here, and he he died. And can you sell these? There must be some weird calls. Uh, there are conversations we have in our office that I would be willing to bet you don't take place anywhere else, <laughs> and not just about magic. 
me ask you the state of uh, the state of auctioneering now. I know some auction houses have faded. I also know that there are some very, very large auction houses in this country that sure. that almost seem to dominate the auction biz. It's it's hard to compete with you know 250 years of history in some cases, um, but I would say the state of the auction biz. If you're doing it right, is very strong, uh, and you know it's one of those businesses where, in the pandemic, after we got over the initial shock of how are we going to carry on, yeah, uh, in a two or three or four weeks, we figured it out. You know, you can watch the auction live as it's streamed on our website. Um, it's been nothing but an upward trajectory since March of 2020 for us and for many other people. If if you're paying attention and you're doing it right and your marketing is on the money, people you know have that experience at home and they're they're into it. Who goes to auctions? Is it? I know there is a group of collectors. I have the feeling, uh, Gabe Verhuri, that uh, for the Ricky J auction, which takes place. Uh, on February 25th, beginning at 10 o'clock on the phone, on the Internet, and in person at your place on West Belmont, uh, that there may just be curiosity seekers, too. I mean, not the people who are not co- collectors or don't think of themselves as collectors who just want to see what's out there and maybe grab a piece of Ricky's life, because that, in essence, is what you're doing. Well, I mean, it's a celebrity sale in that sense. Yes, so there will be people buying things that want something from his collection. There are things in the auction that were published in his books. So maybe there's a fan of those books or a fan of Mm -hmm. uh, his film work or his stage work, and they'll want something that makes them remember him. But there will also be public institutions, perhaps, that would want to bid on something that's essential to the special collection that they've developed on spiritualism, on the circus, on con men, on gambling, on magic, on playing cards. Maybe it's um, an ardent collector of, you know, uh, Old West memorabilia or Gold Rush memorabilia. We have a roulette table in the auction that was owned by Soapy Smith, who's like one of the most notorious con men of all time and was shot dead in skagway alaska after a three mar- three card monty game went bad there's a picture of it in the chicago tribune for those of you who still get the chicago tribune in print uh, you can see it uh in the art section uh there must be is there an inherent excitement you see when you see auctions on tv i think back to you know the famous auction in north by northwest uh and others is there a real excitement in that room when it's going on absolutely and you know what's remarkable is there's there even with five people in the audience there's real excitement in the room it's very different i mean this is not a today a lot of people i think see car auctions on tv yeah right in right, these right. very you know almost like a stadium like setting and there's bid spotters running all over screaming yeah. and but um we had a sale last October, and one item that came up for auction, I think the bidding started at $15,000. Wow. When we finished, you know, and, and by the way, neither of the bidders who went to the end were in the room. They were on two separate telephones. We were at $325,000. No. And so it's fifteen, sixteen. You know, well, what's and it? 
uh, was a prop used in Houdini's final tour, actually. Uh, so this beautiful, elaborate mechanical device that was uh, part of the opening sequence of Houdini's 1925-1926 tour. Now, not to get too into this whole uh, auction scene, but when someone is, you obviously have to parse the qualifications or bank accounts of the people sure. bidding. Sure. Do you ever ask them or have to ask them, well, why do you want this? Why are you bidding on Houdini's so-and-so? Uh, in those cases, we know the bidders pretty well. Oh, okay, okay, sure, okay. It's not sure, some, someone sure. who just walked in off the street. No, that might be a little different. I love that. <laughs> Tony Curtis was in that movie. <laughs> Tony Curtis was great in that. Right. That's, that's very, very exciting. And these things take place uh, frequently. It's not... Uh, almost uh, for, With us, almost every two weeks. Um, not all on different subjects, of course. But, uh, you know, this week we have a fine book and manuscript auction with... Uh, books signed by Walt Disney and uh, uh, Kelmscott Press, Chaucer, which is considered perhaps the the most beautiful book ever published. Mm. And the strange uh, case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Absolutely, one, obviously a first edition. Uh, you can go, ladies and gentlemen, to Potter Auctions.com. You've got a great website. Oh, thanks. I, I really like your website, and also. The book that you have uh, published about the Ricky Jay collection, it's a, it basically is a catalog, but it's one of the most beautiful and intriguing books I have read in some time. Oh, that's high praise. Thank you. A hundred years from now, this will be up for auction. <laughs> this thing. Uh, you obviously are still terribly excited by what you do. We will talk a little more about the upcoming uh ricky j auction also about the facility i have not seen your facility i would love to know what that place is what's the address on west belmont 5001 what is it is it a warehouse like or gallery like Uh, it's both yeah we've got a nice nice gallery and uh plenty of storage space gabe for hurry will try to induce you to come out there because the public can go and take a look we'll be back in a couple minutes Welcome back. You know, thank God Crystal Flores works here. <laughs> she keeps me she keeps me uh in line, in line. I have a few more minutes with uh Gabe Fahuri who runs uh, Potter and Potter Auctions. The website is potterauctions.com. The facility is at 5001 West Belmont. What kind of place is this, Gabe? The former home of the Taffy Apple Company, or oh, the Affy no, Tapple really? Company, yes. Oh, my. Two doors down from the old XRT studio. Sure, and, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many square feet? Uh, 15,000. That's a lot. Is not, it enough? Enough. Is it, is not enough. Not enough. Do you have... Let's, let's, please go to the website, ladies and gentlemen, because it is a great, great website and will be very uh, informative for you but also you allow people to come in and look at some of these things sure sure i mean it's uh you know please preview what you're bidding on right i mean and and especially if you have uh specific interests or you want to know about the condition of an item or the history we we try to put out as much information as we can in a catalog online occasionally making videos and things to but Yes, absolutely. It's set up uh, just like an art gallery with, you know, most of the things on display. And if we can't put it up, we'll bring it out for you and, and do a little show and tell. You love this business, yes? I do I mean, love this business. There must be a million frustrations in this business. It's a business. It's a, yeah. it's a job. But yeah. it's, it's, you know, most most days, I would lie if I told you it was every day, but most days it is not work. Yeah, I would I would agree with you. Do you still collect Yes, but exactly. I knew there'd be a yes, but. Yes, but 
um, not in the way that I used to. Um, I look, there's an auction of some of Ricky's things at Sotheby's. I, I bought some things and not to resell. I bought them to put up on the wall and enjoy and, mm-hmm. uh, things I treasured and, and will treasure forever. But, but I get to live vicariously through the job that I love. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the, the framed things on the wall in my office change on a regular basis as they go up for sale and out the door and find a new home. You know, when I think of the, the world of sports memorabilia, sure, uh, I think that it is uh, wildly commercial. That people, perhaps more so than I I can't imagine, and tell me I'm wrong, Gabe Fahuri, that someone buying some item of Rick at Ricky Jay's auction on February 25th is doing so as a possible investment. I think that someone buys a baseball card, perhaps, with the notion that, well, if I hang on to this for five years, it will be worth this more than I paid for it. I would say... Do you know what I'm talking I, about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I would say that there are many collecting hobbies or areas of interest that have been commoditized. And filled with speculators. And I would say baseball cards or baseball memor- or mm-hmm. sports memorabilia or comic books. Anything where they've started to encapsulate the object in a piece of plastic with a hologram on it... <laughs> Might not be, you know, done or pursued purely for the love of, you know, the pursuit. Yeah. Um, this this category and many of the areas we sell in are certainly not, you know, certainly not in those. Uh, don't don't fall in, in, you know, in that range. Well, books. I don't think of uh, books. I, I, I think also of, you know, the, I wish you had gotten this. This would have been fun for you. The Hugh Hefner estate. Oh, the auction yeah. of of Hefner's uh, astonishing. You know, his daughter Christy still lives here, and uh, that was done by somebody in L.A. And it was pretty weird. I thought, and I thought someone is buying a bunny. Well, who knows why people are buying bunny? You dealt with Jay Marshall, so hey, we've had you, bunny you costumes, some... and they they sell well. And uh, where do you get them? From bunnies. From bunnies, and uh, we we had uh, letters that Hefner wrote to his uh, one of his high school chums who was part of his gang back in the day when he was growing up in Chicago or in Oak Park. I, I guess no, it's it, Chicago. Oh, was it Chicago? Yeah, yeah. And um, last year we did an auction for the Wachowskis who made the Matrix oh, films. Sure. And talk about people wanting a piece of, uh, you know, oh, Hollywood. Well, and, I can and, imagine. And, you know, maquettes used to develop the Matrix films and props from the movies and the TV shows they produced. It's, yeah. That must have been fascinating for you. Wild. Wild. The fandom and the, the furor to get, you know, a, a piece of uh, these iconic films that they'd made. Yeah. Well, the other thing interesting for you, you have to be satisfied in the kind of intellectual former journalist kind of way in that you have to yourself uh do a lot of a lot of research these things don't come to you with captions written about someone who collects something who is not a collector who's a movie star or a magician doesn't say well i think i'll write this long involved thing i'm sure ricky too though he knew oh he had a wonderful catalog uh that he had compiled with the help of assistants and things but even then there's more of a story to tell than can be encapsulated in a database you know the team that i have working there that you know i'm 
I write some of these catalogs, but certainly not the majority. These folks, you know, I I told you earlier, it's like if we cared less, it could be done faster and more efficiently. Maybe we'd even make more money, but it's our job to look up, you know, study the provenance, the story. You know, it's it's a research job. It's also like a detective. You're also like a per- occasionally, yeah, yeah, like a detective sure. too. The you know there are some big big auction houses in this world in this country. Uh, what's the competition like here for you? So you have Heinemann, who's been here a long time. Long time. Uh, Richard Wright runs a great operation, um, and then uh, there's folks from Dallas have an office here. Heritage. Um, there are not, but there are not many many options. Um, so it's it's a fairly narrow field. Is it a is it a cutthroat field? I mean, I, I I'm sure you feel it in, can in, be in it, competition with these. It can, things. it can be a cutthroat field, but there's also a lot of professional courtesy that goes on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything ghoulish about this business? Uh, I think ghoulish can that that can occur with. Eh, not not in the auction world so much, but I mean, there are certainly dealers antique dealers or estate sale you know it's you know asking the widow at the funeral kind of thing you know that's ghoulish is it difficult for you Gabe for hurry when someone says this is my dad's was my dad's favorite book or my dad's favorite shirt or in the case of good old ann landers my my mom's favorite dress it obviously is dear to them do you ever have to play psychologist with some of these people to even convince them to part with something and or convince them that, yeah, it may have been his favorite shirt, but it's not worth anything? You know, you know what I mean? Of course. Um, I, I, you, do you have to play psychologist? Yes. Oh, I'll bet. Uh, it is my opinion that it should not be my job to convince anybody to part with anything that they have any real sentimental or an emotional Mm -hmm. attachment to i have plenty of things to sell yeah so if this means something to you by all means hold on to it Mm -hmm. um if it doesn't have value and you think it's worth a million dollars well that's a different conversation that we're going to have to have what is that conversation like uh it's uh facing market realities and maybe showing people results of similar material or talking about past experience when we've gone through this kind of thing it's it's just having a human conversation with someone and explaining your perspective or reality in some cases. Has something, before I let you go, has something come through your door that literally almost made you faint? Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, mummified human head. Really? Yes. And who wanted... Uh, you don't, don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to give away the who... But someone came in and said, I'd like to sell We this. found it. We found it at a consigner's home mm-hmm. in a priority mailbox in their closet of their spare bedroom. Mm-hmm. In all fairness, we knew it was there. We just didn't know where. You hadn't seen it before. Then we discovered it. And what was your thought? We're not going to sell this? Uh, I think my thought was not... Let me out uh, of this house. N- not one that I can repeat on the radio. <laughs> What is, uh, when it comes to books, uh, is that a, I'm sure that is 
a great, fascinating realm. For I, I grew up in old bookstores. Yeah. Uh, Your friend and in Detroit with a huge John King's bookstore. bookstore in Detroit with a million books between the two buildings. Uh, yes, it's a it's a personal interest. I collect books, um, so it was an area that I knew I wanted to expand into. Not long after. You know, we started the business. That's great. You know, because we've spoken about it off the air, you know what a fan I am of uh, Potter and Potter Auctions. You will be, too, if you go to the website, potterauctions.com. I'm not going to spell it for you because you are a smart audience. Uh, I'm pleased to know you. I'm glad you are the folks doing the Ricky J auction because Ricky you. was a one-of-a-kind character and with a, with a very big Chicago presence. It's a real honor for me. Yeah. It's one of those surreal moments of my life in many ways. Now, do you do the auction yourself? I do. Yeah. You do? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Because I see those uh, occasionally on television. I'm sure you're a thousand times better. Uh, it takes place on the 25th. You can visit the place a couple days before in the week uh the week before everything will be set up on display in our gallery stop by mondays Monday through Friday, west belmont and you can visit all online you can leave your bids in advance if you prefer not to get emotionally involved uh, <laughs> i think it's so much more fun if people get emotionally involved uh and maybe something will sell for $300,000, a Houdini, what was it, a Houdini chair? Flowering rosebush. Oh, that thing. I've seen pictures of that. <laughs> I've seen pictures of that on your website. Gabe, for her, it's a pleasure to meet you. You too, Rick. Uh, and uh, good luck with this Good luck with this auction. Thank we'll, you so we'll much. We'll be talking again. Looking forward to it.